Hey, welcome. Uh, I'm Corey Harlock, creator and principal consultant at Key Hire, and welcome to our new uh, live streaming human capital uh, live streaming series on human capital for small business owners. Uh, this is a new concept and platform for Key Hire. We're going to be running these um, live streams every, uh, twice a month, every other week. Uh, we're going to address any human capital topics that you want to hear about. Um, so we're interested in your feedback. We'll have some guests on here talking about their areas, areas of expertise and any other topics that you feel would be useful in terms of your human capital uh, in your small business or company. Um, it's interactive, so feel free to type in the uh, chat box, say hello, ask any questions. The format's going to be pretty simple. It's going to be 15 minutes of information and then uh, 10 or 15 minutes of Q&A, answering any questions that come from our viewers. And uh, we'll, get you, we'll, we'll hit you with a lot of information and, and get you out nice and quick. So uh, our topic today was what, is, what has changed in the job market? And the answer to that question is, lot, is a lot has changed. So what I really want to do is, and, and after thinking about it, I think we, um, the question we should have asked is, as a small business owner, what can I do with my business to adapt to the changing markets? So I'm going to break this into two parts first here today. Let's talk about how the markets change as it, as it pertains to human capital, as it pertains to the people in your business and bringing people into your business. Uh, and then we'll talk about some, some strategies or things you might be able to change within your business to uh, meet the demand of the new market. So let's start with this. So what has changed in, in the market? Um, so the first thing I want to talk about is the availability of people, meaning uh, before the pandemic, there was uh, a healthy job market and kind of coming out of the pandemic, it's different. There are fewer people on the job market. Uh, there was a stat that came out, I think just yesterday that said Texas has recovered 99% of the jobs that were lost during the pandemic. So that means we have as many jobs available here in Texas uh, that we did in 2019 but we have about 80% of the workforce. Where did that 20% go? Uh, so let's talk about that. Number one, uh, there was a record. So in 2020, there was a record number of people that opened their own small business. So in 2019, there was 3.5 million people that opened their own business. And in 2020, uh, there were 4.4 million people that opened their own business. And in 2021, there was 5.5 million people that opened their small business. Now, I'm not great at math, but I know that's about 3 million people that are off the job market. 3 million people that um, had some potentially skilled labor. And these are, aren't all hourly and low-skilled jobs. You know, these are high-skilled people that were working in environments they didn't like, and they thought, I'm just going to go hang my own shingle and do my own thing. So we lost a lot of people who are opening their own businesses. Um, the, other, the other thing is early retirement. Uh, in 3.2 more, pe more people 
went into retirement and started using their retirement savings, uh, 3.2 more million more people started using their retirement savings in uh, 2019 than in 2018. They don't have those stats for 2020 yet, but there's another three, let's double it, 6 million people that have retired. So we have, uh, you know, three, six, close to 10 million people that are just off our job market. No longer there, um, not applying to your jobs, not interested in working for your company. So number one, just the availability to people. There are just fewer people in the market, same number of jobs, fewer people. So what else has changed in the market? The uh, work environment, this whole flexible work. And I know for small business owners, this is a big deal because we like to see our people and make sure they're being productive. 60 minutes to Sundays ago, and you can go Google this or look, check it out on YouTube. They threw out a stat, they did a story on this, and they said that um, pre-pandemic, one in 67 jobs was a remote position. Currently, one in seven. I didn't stutter. One in seven jobs is considered a remote position. So that's a big deal. Um, people who, um, if you want people to be checking into your office every day, be aware you're eliminating about 80% of the workforce uh, that are actually looking for jobs. Only about 15 to 20% of those people have any interest in checking into the office every day. And most of the people that do have to, they're in manufacturing, they have a job where they have to be hands-on. But if you're in the office and can work remotely, that number is a lot smaller. So keep that in mind. So number one, we have fewer people uh, in the workforce looking for jobs. And we have uh, more people who wanna work remote, uh, whether you offer it, or not, offer it or not, that's what they want. Third thing that it has changed, it's an employee market. Uh, in that same 60 Minutes episode I talked to, they said that even when the government support for people who had lost their jobs or weren't able to work, even though it's run out, people aren't rushing back to work. They're waiting. They're dipping into their savings. There's a record number of people 40 years from 40 to 65 that have dipped into their retirement savings, incurred all the penalties, not worried about it. They're dipping into their savings to hold out and wait for the job they want, the perfect job. They're not in a hurry. They're not feeling the pressure. Not yet, maybe they will, maybe they won't, but they're not feeling the pressure today. So kind of as a summary, that's how the market's changed. We've got fewer people, uh, the, the work environment has changed dramatically from one in 67 working remote to one in seven working remote. And then we have people that are just being patient and not feeling pressure to go back to work. That's how the market's changed. So as a small business owner, how can we change? What, what can we do within our business to change our philosophies and approach? Now we know what's going on in the market. Um, it's up to us as business owners to change what we do to meet the demands of the market. Just like in sales, you can't 
create a product and sell it if no one's buying it. Same thing with, you know, this uh, acquiring leadership and talent and experience for your business. If the market's over here, you have to meet the demand of that market. So how can we do it? First thing, uh, small business owners, and I talk with a lot of small business owners and I hear a lot of them. I don't care about this remote stuff. I want people to check into the office. And I say, you realize we're going to eliminate about 80% of the people. That's fine. I don't care. But if we want to get the best people we can in your, in your business, um, eliminating 80% of the viable candidates out there who have the experience you want puts you in a, in a best of the worst situation. It doesn't give you access to the best people for your business. Those high impact talent, the people that you know are, are the best culture fit, the people that are going to bring the experience you want and are going to bring that capacity to your business to help you scale and grow. So we need to change our philosophy around, you know, it's going to go back to normal. It's not. It's going to swing back, right? The pendulum was over here. It's over here now. And it's probably going to come back a bit. But this remote work thing is going to be around for a while. So we have to wrap our heads around that. The second thing we need to do is get really efficient uh, when it comes to our hiring programs. So... Uh, the days of we're going to interview three or four candidates and then we'll bring our top two back for another and then we'll, you know, we'll think about it and we'll get back to them in a week. That doesn't exist. Uh, I'll give you an example of I, I worked with an organization and we, we were hiring salespeople and um, we had three candidates we liked. Um, all three got offers. One of them declined the offer and took another one. One of them came into training on day one and got a counter offer, left training to take another job and one stayed. That's not uncommon, right? This, that wasn't an anomaly. That wasn't weird in this market. If you're not first with the best offer, you're not going to be able to make the hire. Um, and the way to think of it is like this. If you're really interested in a candidate, they're really good and they have exactly what you need and you're excited about them. So are another two or three companies and they are talking to other companies. They're not just talking to you. So the days of, you know, we want to put them through this long, crazy process. Uh, companies are hiring on the spot. Companies are almost like buying before they see the product, right? I don't know if anyone out there has ever done that, but uh, when we moved to Texas, we rented our first house sight unseen. We saw the pictures, it looked great. We said, we'll take it. Uh, one of the conditions we put on are we're gonna fly down in two weeks and look at it. But we, we put our deposit in because that's what we wanted. That's happening in the job market. That's happening in the acquisition market. So you have to be prepared to move quickly. You can do it, you can be exhaustive, and efficient. And I'm not saying don't be exhaustive, don't confuse the two. Both can be true here. You can have a super efficient, fast process and it can be exhaustive. Point three, how do we how do we target correctly? How do we do this correctly? If we're gonna be efficient, so we're gonna change our philosophy, which is scary. Well, we're gonna have these people working from home. I've never met them. I've never shaken hands with them. I've never put eyes on them. And I'm going to trust them to do a really important job in my company. That's, that's a big uh, change in thinking. 
and then we're going to hire them faster than we ever did. That's really scary too. So how, how can we maximize the, the probability that this works well? And that is to be really targeted, uh, to do our homework, to make sure if we're going to go after this position, we lay it out really correctly. We understand um, how to screen for culture and core values. We understand what specific experience this individual needs to have to be successful in our company. Uh, and that could be something like, you know, what ERP do we use? Do they have that specific experience? Or have they worked with an ERP? Have they been a super user with another ERP? That means they could probably pick ours up really quickly. Have they used our accounting system? Uh, have they used our um, CRM? Whatever it is, right? Understanding how we're going to measure the performance and have these has this this person worked within those parameters in the past. And then the third thing that you want to look at is if they're asking to work from home and you're hiring them to be remotely, we wouldn't we want to know their level of success that they've had working remotely. Uh, I just had lunch with with an associate today and. Uh, he was telling me one of his clients who hired a salesperson at the other side of the country, but they had the right experience and they had been working from home in the past and they're working in this market, a market, you know, uh, a four hour flight away and killing it because they understand the market, they understand the products, they understand the KPIs and they, and they have a history of being successful working from home. So these are some things uh, that we can put in place to maximize the probability of um, A, meeting the market where it is, right? Making sure our offering uh, is, is what the market wants. And just a total sidebar, it, um, or some research I was reading on earlier today said that remote workers are willing to take 10% less pay. Uh, but 10% less of a 20% uh, of a market that's risen 20% is still a 10% increase to most of you. But uh, so we got to meet people where they are. So we got to change our philosophy. We got to meet them where they are. Um, and then we have to be super efficient, exhaustive and efficient in, in our, our uh, process, in uh, our acquisition process. And then the third thing is we just got to target. We got to be crystal clear on what we're looking for so we can identify if they have what we need to maximize the probability of success in our company. I always say maximize the probability because we deal with human beings. We, we can never be 100%. Stuff happens. I'm sure it happens to me. It happens to you. Um, sometimes things don't work out. But by doing it correctly, we can always maximize the probability of, of having success in what we're doing. So that is my uh, 15 minute rant on how the market has changed and what we can do to meet the market. Um, Matt is on the backside of, of this uh, work helping me out right now. Matt, do we have any questions that have come in while I've been talking away? How can I fine tune my hiring process to stay competitive? So exactly that. We we just touched on it, right? We want to be effective or efficient and exhaustive. And we want to make sure we're we're identifying the right things uh, 
to make sure, you know, it, with key hire, there's three criteria we, we always hit hard. Uh, culture and core values. We want to make sure. So the, the, the standard we have is if we're going to bring a leader into your business, we want to make sure they enhance culture, right? They're driving culture. Um, they have the experience we need. So if we're going to put them on your bus, we want them at the front of the bus, right? We want them to be high performers that drive culture. So your other uh, leaders and employees think, wow, that they're really good. I need to step my game up. But the third uh, key factor we always look for is capacity. Do they have more experience than we need today? So they can build process and procedure <clears throat> for our business to grow into versus kind of chasing growth and putting fingers in holes. But the other, so another thing we want to do with this hiring process is um, every stage of the process should be a go, no go, right? Your time is valuable. Their time is valuable. So if at the end of the process, you say, oh, I really don't know. I like this. I didn't like that. There are maybe whatever you just completed with that candidate wasn't effective. So with the key hire process, <clears throat> Every stage we do is a go, no go. Um, the pre-screen, do you have what I need? Check, check, check. The threshold is 80%. If you have 80% of what we're looking for, for this particular role, you move to the next step. If you don't, hey, it's been great talking to you. I don't think it's the right fit, right? Um, next phase is where we take a deep dive into the background. We want to look at some behaviors want to make sure there are going to be a culture fit. We want to make sure, dig into that experience and make sure it's exactly what we want as well as the capacity, right? Have they operated on a bigger level than what, what we do? Um, and if they, if again, the threshold's 80%, if they meet 80% of the criteria, we move them to the next step. If they don't, we let them know, hey, this has been great. We've got some great experience. It's just not great for the role we're going for. So, as you're taking people through and we're trying to be efficient, if you're going to do a 15 minute pre-screen, a 30 minute video call, and then bring them on site for an hour or two, make sure every step of that process is a go, no go. So you don't sit at the end and say, well, we talked to three people and this one is okay. And this one's okay. But maybe this one, when you get to the end of it, you should be saying, yes, they are a great fit or nope, they're not the right candidate. We need to explore some other opportunities. Um, so that's a way to start dialing in on your efficiency. Um, and it's also a very exhaustive way to make sure you're getting all the information you need to make an informed decision. I hope I answered that one for you. Uh, Maddie, any more questions? I want my staff to be in the office every day. Is that possible anymore? Um, it's possible. Anything's possible. Uh, will you be happy with the results you have of the people in the office? Maybe you will. Uh, the, the odds of you being happy with the performance of everyone who's showing up to the office is a lot lower than it used to be. Uh, the best people aren't uh, necessarily the people that are willing to go to the office. They are the people that are willing to go to the office. Uh, showing up at the office every day is not synonymous with being the best at what you do. Uh, and I think we've very clearly seen that over the last, and we, we have a, a really great um, sample size. You know, we're going on two years of this stuff, right? And some people are saying big success. Some people are saying big failure. But I think we're, what we're understanding is um, working outside of the office 
is ideal for some people. Working in the office every day is ideal for some people. And working with a flex schedule, a lot of people have gone to core days. You know, maybe you have to be in the office Monday, Friday, or Monday to Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, you can take off. A lot of companies got sneaky and said the core days are Monday, Friday, so people just don't take long weekends every week. Um, but, you know, if someone's out of state and still delivering everything you want at the level you want, doesn't matter. So um, my answer to this question is really kind of going to be wishy-washy, but um, if you require, if one of your hiring requirements after everything we talked about today is they have to be in the office, um, you're going to have a hard time finding people. Number one, when you do find them, you're going to pay a premium for the individuals. Uh, people understand that they're rare if they're willing to show up to work every day. And, um, and I've heard it, right. I've, I've talked to people who have said, Oh yeah, if they want me to, you know, I currently make arguments like hundred K they want me in the office every day. Yeah. I'll do it for 140 to 150 and they're getting it. Uh, so, um, if you want people in the office every day, it's going to cost you a lot more money. You're going to have a lot less talent to look at and, and kind of choose from. And it doesn't guarantee you better results. So uh, it's possible. You just have to temper that expectation, <clears throat> be ready to pay for it. But you also, I mean, there are so many options out there. Remember, even if you hire someone and they're sitting in your office, people are still calling them with other job offers. So you can bring them in and make them sit in the office every day. And if the culture is not a fit for them, it's not something they're enjoying or finding worthwhile. And someone calls with a better opportunity, they will listen. And so um, the onus isn't on them. It's on you as a business owner to make sure we're giving people what they want, right? And keeping them happy. And if, if, if giving someone two flex days a week <clears throat> um, is all they need to be a long-term loyal productive employee maybe that's worth it to you maybe it's not but that would be a decision um, that would be up to you as a business owner to make i hope i answered that one uh what do you think matt anyway if there's if there's another any any more questions these are great questions by the way any others what incentives can I offer to attract more hiring prospects? <clears throat> so I think this is a great question because it kind of pulls everything together. Ironically, whoever uh, came up with this, uh, it, good job. Um, so what can we do? What incentives? So there are kind of five, six, seven different levers we can pull <clears throat> in terms of um, incentivizing our employees or candidates. One is pay, uh, two is uh, our benefits. Benefits are a big deal to a lot of people, uh, especially after COVID hit, that's um, become a real hot button for a lot of the people I talk to. What's your benefit package like? What's a benefit package like? 401k is another, has become more important to people too, uh, because people are <laughs> dipping into the retirement savings. They need to, they need to um, boost it back up. Uh, if you have incentives or bonuses, um, my caveat with incentives or bonuses are if you present them, pay them. Don't find reasons not to pay them. Pay people their bonus. Uh, don't use it as a hook to get someone in and then not pay it. It's a great way to have them start listening and taking all the calls from other companies that are, are, are knocking on their door. Vacation time. 
<clears throat> the industry is standard across all industries really has become matching where people currently are. Um, you know, before it used to be, well, you're starting with us, you're new. You start at one week and build back up. Of course, now we meet that, right? Oh, you're currently, your experience has garnered you two weeks of vacation. Of course, we'll meet that. We don't want to punish you to join our team by taking away your vacation. Um, and then the final one is remote work. Um, what's your flexibility, right? Can you meet them where they are? Maybe they say, hey, I'm happy to come into the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But Wednesday and Friday, I would really like to work from home. And if you can make that happen, I'm happy with the salary. I'm happy with the benefits. <clears throat> I'm happy with the incentives. I'm happy with the 401k, uh, all that good stuff. If you can give me a flexible schedule, I'm in. It, are you going to do that? Is, is that what it is? So just remember, I think I gave you the seven different level, levels, levers there. But, you know, you can pull on whatever they are. It almost becomes um, uh, an a la carte menu, so to speak. Some people might say, hey, you know, my spouse has a really good job and they have an amazing benefit package. So I won't even be on your benefits. They're not a burden to you or they're less of a burden to you at this point. Right. So how can we then say, well, we can't leverage them with our benefits. We can't entice them with our benefits. Um, but if they say, I'm not going to go on your benefit program, but flexible schedule is important to me or uh, 401k is important to me or um, I don't want to lose any holidays because my family and I, we utilize those every year. So don't get hard and fast on this. This is our package. Uh, it's really moving to more of an a la carte. What would be important to you in an offer and to, to work here and be happy? And then it's up to you as the business owner to say, hey, can I meet that? Can I match that? Can I, is that something I can provide for an employee? All right, we're at 327. We're, we're wrapping up here. So a couple final thoughts. Um, uh, again, we're going to do this, I think, is it, Matt? We're going to do it the first and third Wednesday of every week. Uh, we're going to have some, some we're going to be bringing some guests on to talk about uh, their, their uh, areas of interest where there's subject matter experts. Uh, this is for you, the small business owner or a, uh, operator of a small business. If there's any information, any topics that you would like us to cover, let us know. And, I, and I'll, I'll let you know. You can follow us on YouTube. We're on Facebook. Just type in Key Hire Solutions, Key Hire, one word. Uh, and we're on Twitter. We're also really active on LinkedIn. And then if there's any information we covered today that you want to know about or talk more about, or you're having a problem in your business today that's keeping you awake at night, stressing you out, giving you a little heartburn, and you want to talk about it and, and you want us some input from us on how you might be able to maneuver or navigate that situation, we have a free consultation. It's a 30-minute consultation. You can sign up on our website. Um, it's it's no weirdness. There's no sales here. Uh, we are in this to help small business owners. And so if you sign up for that free consultation, we can listen to what you have going on. We can offer you some advice. And then if you like what we have to say and you want to talk to us further about how we might be able to help you now uh, in the future down the road, we're happy to do that as well.
So uh, check out that free consultation on the website. Uh, follow any of our channels, like our, our LinkedIn page. Um, we do put a lot of good information and, and those are great ways to follow what we're doing. So uh, 329, right on the money. So until uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Hope you enjoyed our first uh, um, live stream. And we hope to be doing a lot more of these and we hope to be bringing you some valuable information. So we will see y'all in two weeks. Thank you guys.